Good morning. That is, that's working. Everybody good? Blast you out? Flash your lights or something? If it's good? <laughs> Maria said it was. All right, well, I'm glad we were able to get out today and uh, try to have outdoor service. It's going to be a beautiful day. It's going to be a great Mother's Day. That's what we decided to do today is just to try to, to get the moms out a little bit and uh, and hard to fellowship, but uh, we'll do we can. Uh, we're going to be over in uh, Luke chapter 1 today. Believe it or not, we're going back to the story for, uh, for Mother's Day, and it's going to be uh, a little different. Uh, the other day I heard a song for the first time ever, and some of y'all are going to laugh at me about this, but I heard a song from uh, uh, Jimmy Dean, and the name of the song is I'm Drinking From My Saucer Because My Cup Overflowed, and I have never heard that in my life as much as I've listen to the old country and some old bluegrass but uh i heard it and i had to find the the lyrics to it and i want to read you a little bit this morning just because uh, it ties in so much to mother's day it says i've never made a fortune and it's probably too late now but i don't worry about that much i'm happy anyhow as i go along life's way i'm reaping better than i sowed i'm drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed haven't got a lot of riches, and sometimes the going's tough. I've got one loving ones around me, and that makes me rich enough. I thank God for his blessings and the mercies he's bestowed. I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. I remember times when things went wrong. My faith were somewhat thin, but all at once the dark clouds broke and the sun peeped through again. So, Lord, help me not to gripe about the tough rows that I have hoed. I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. If God gives me strength and courage when the way grows steep and rough, I'll not ask for other blessings. I'm already blessed enough. And may I never be too busy to help others bear the loads. Then I'll keep drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. I love that. And again, I just now heard it, and it's been out for a long, long time. So if you think about this morning as we go into this, think about the moms in our lives. Uh, some still have their, their, their moms, some have passed and gone on. Uh, but think about the things that they have done for us and that they did for us uh, and what some of them continue to do for us. You know, moms, especially nowadays, moms are nurses and they're psychologists, they're uh, counselors, they're chauffeurs, not so much chauffeurs now, right now, but they was. Uh, they're mediators, they're coaches, they're, they're teachers now they're chefs uh, moms are doing a lot moms always have done a lot and i think a lot got piled back on them here the past couple months you know uh, if you think about what they they do they wear a lot of hats moms wear the hats of, of uh, a janitor sometimes <laughs> they wear the hat of a jailer sometime and a tailor and sometimes they wear the hat of a gardener so moms wear a lot of hats uh in their in their lives and, and so uh, today is set aside for us just to uh to honor them but one thing I want you to understand about mothers, and it's probably the most important thing, mothers are, in most cases, a child's first impression of God's love. I mean, really think about it. We've always been told that the closest thing to God's love here on earth is a mother's love. And I, and I think that, in, in, especially in the area that we live in here in the mountains, that we are blessed enough to have enough parents or enough moms around to show that kind of love. And, and I say that here in the mountains because... Moms don't just show it to their children here in the mountains. Moms show it to other children as well. And, and I think we've been able to see that here at Chestnutdale a lot 
with uh, the treatment we have on Wednesday nights uh, and, and the way that the adults, the mothers especially, the women uh, tend to the women that are here and how they, um, they nurture them and, and they love on them because a lot of times they don't get that back home. Uh, you don't see that in a lot of other places in the world, but you do get to see it here in the mountains of North Carolina, and I love being a part of that and getting to see that. Your Bibles this morning, and you're able to turn with us over to Luke chapter 1, being verse 26. Verse 26, um, all the way over to 45. It says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying, and cast in her mind that manner of salutation this should be, or what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, that thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall be great, and he and shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto the, him the throne of the, his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom uh, there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing a woman not seeing this? Back up here, sorry. This sun is really bright on white paper. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come unto upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Henceforth also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, shall, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah. Into, yeah, to a city of Judah, and created into the house. I'm sorry, and entered. This is really bright out here. And entered into the the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she spake out with a loud voice and said blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb and whence is this to me that the mother of my lord should come unto me for lo as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in mine ears the babe leapt in my womb for joy and the last verse verse 45 says and blessed is she that believed for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the lord now let's pray uh, God, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you for the sunlight that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for the Sunday that you've allowed us to come together, Lord, here in this parking lot, Lord, and worship you. And I pray, Lord, that you would honor our time together. Lord, bless those that are able to be here, Lord, and bless those that are at home that are, are listening that way. Lord, we thank you uh, for the many opportunities that you placed before us, Lord, to get the gospel out. And pray, Lord, each church is taking advantage of this time that you've given us. God, today as we have uh, set aside this, this one special day, Lord, for our mothers, I pray that each one of us can uh, recognize not just the mothers, but all the ladies and the women in our lives, Lord, where they have 
have been such a blessing, Lord, and how they've helped grow us and train us up the way that we should go. And I pray, Lord, you would just uh, allow us to honor them. And, Lord, I pray, that again, that you would just bless them for their efforts. Lord, we thank you. We love you and praise you. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, so first thing we're going to look at this morning is the many difficulties that Mary faced uh, as, a, as a young mother. And you got to think about it. She was a teenager when all this took place. And, and with, with that being said, um, you got to think about the area where she's at. Now, she was, again, she was pregnant. She was unmarried. And that says a lot uh, in that day and time. And that should have killed her right there on the spot because of, of where she lived and, and the people that were around her. So she had a, what we would call a tarnished reputation. Uh, she was not, she would not have been well liked. And that's, uh, that's what it seemed like on the surface to her. But deep down, we know exactly what was taking place. We know because of what we've read in the Gospels, we know that that, uh, that God had a hand in this. We know that the Holy Spirit was involved in this. So we know the backstory, and the people in that town didn't know. Nazareth didn't have a clue what was going on yet, but they was about to figure it out. Now, if you come from a small town like I do, and most of y'all do, uh, you know what happens in small towns. We we know that the rumors can start really, really fast. I heard so-and-so said this or so-and-so done this, and we know how how rumors can start around here. So the same thing probably started in that. Um, is this thing kicking on and off? Okay. Can y'all still hear it on the radio? Okay. It's kicking on and off. I don't know if it, okay. Okay. It's green. I still got power. So you have this unmarried teenage girl. And she's expecting a baby. So you know that rumors are going to start flying around this little bitty town here. So the facts are those who in this town, they like to gossip, must have enjoyed the peace of this. They must have really enjoyed uh, being able to get hold of this, this, this rumor of the teenage girl that is pregnant and run with it and, and try to make her life uh, just miserable. That's what I want to do. That's what happens in... in in our little towns, they, they get a hold of rumors and they run with it and they try to make your life miserable without, uh, without thinking about the circumstances or even the situation at hand. Now, the second thing we'll look at, Mary experienced difficulty with poverty. We don't talk a, a lot about her life and, and the way she was brought up. We don't talk much about the, her, uh, her finances at the time. Paul says that Jesus was rich in heaven and he became poor on earth for our sake. Pretty much what he's saying is Jesus actually just emptied himself out of all of heaven so that he could come down here and be with us on earth. And he says it over in Philippians 2.7. He says, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him for the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. We probably don't realize today just how poor Mary was. Realize just how poor Joseph was. But let me help you with that just a little bit. Luke 2.24 tells us, and to offer a sacrifice according to which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. This is when they took Jesus to the temple for the first time and they sacrificed to, to God. They were so poor that all they could give was two turtle doves. When you give two turtle doves back then, that meant that you was the poorest of the poor because you, that's all you could afford was those two turtle doves. They didn't give a calf. They didn't give a lamb. They give two turtle doves 
So that kind of tells us that they were extremely poor when Jesus was born. Now, I'd say most of us wasn't raised in a mansion with silver spoon stuck in our mouth. Most of us have, have, have been brought up in a home where, where there may have been struggles a time or two, and, and we still got what we needed. The Lord provided food. He gave us shelter. He gave us warmth. But one thing that we have or had and have in all our homes right now that's in abundance right now that can't nobody take away from is love. Love don't cost a dime. And we got an abundance of it. And I think now in the day and time we're living in, we're getting to see a lot more of that love. We're spending a lot more time uh, together in, in our homes, and we're getting to see that. Love is free, and it's much better in the long run than, than having lots of money. I'd rather have all that love as I had any of that money because that love don't, it don't fade. That love don't get traded in. It don't tarnish. That love... It don't, it don't wither, and it don't, it don't fade. But I'd rather have that than money any day. Now, the third thing we're going to look at, that Mary faced difficulty with the people that hated her son. Now, as a parent, anybody here that's, that is a parent understands this. You, we talk about bullies a lot, and we talk about um, the things that go on in our schools, and the worst thing in the world to hear is that your son or your daughter is being bullied or picked on or that, that your, your daughter or your son comes home and they say, well, so-and-so hates me. And we don't like that. We don't want to hear that as a parent. But you got to think about what was going on in Mary's heart and Mary's mind. I'm going to read you over in Matthew 2.13. It said, The angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and be, that thou art until, and be thou there until I bring the word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Can you imagine waking up to the voice of an angel speaking to you and telling you, you got to get out of town, they're going to kill your son. you got to get out of Dodge, they're going to kill your daughter. I can't imagine that. But that's what Mary and Joseph had to deal with, knowing the fact that there was someone after their child. He was so special, he was one of a kind, and somebody's trying to destroy him. And so they had to get out of town. Now, when Jesus was born, Satan done everything he could to do away with him, everything in his power, and he used him. He used, um, go back up here, and it says, uh, it's talking about Herod. It said, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. The devil was using Herod to destroy Jesus. That's what Satan does. Satan uses things in his power to destroy our children. We got we to gotta do exactly what Mary and Joseph did our children now most of the time we don't have to to pack up and move away i've known of people that have done that before because things were so bad with their child and the situation that they've had to pack up and move to another state or county and another school to get them their children out of it even today satan knows the quickest way to destroy your family is through our children he does it and he can do a a, a, a good job at it he can destroy families by attacking our children we have to be careful Folks, we've got to be extremely careful with what our children are seeing on TV. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty thankful that we don't have cable or satellite anymore. we got Roku and Andy Griffith. That's all you need. And I'm all right with that because there's so much filth and trash on the TV right now. And we have to watch it. We've got to monitor that with our children. The, the music that they listen to nowadays is ridiculous. Things that... Uh, you, uh, I don't know where it even comes from. I, pits of hell, I reckon. 
and, and even the internet, we have to be so cautious with what they see and do on the internet. It's so dangerous. We've got to be very protective of our children. Another uh, thing that I want to look at real fast before we, we move on is that another difficulty is we believe Mary faced at some point in her life was the death of Joseph. Now, it's not talked about a lot, and, and most of the time you don't hear anybody really even mention it preaching. But you got to keep in mind that at some point Joseph died. So scholars kind of think that he died sometime in, in uh, Jesus' early teens. But you got to think about this. Mary was a single mom at some point. And she had Jesus and she had uh, a litter of other kids there as well that she had to raise up on her own by herself. She was a single mom. And we don't know exactly what happened to Joseph, but we just know that he, he died at some point in Jesus' life before uh, we see his, uh, he's around the age of 30 when he's, when he's out and about doing So the last time Jesus or Joseph was mentioned in the Bible was when Jesus was 12 years old. So I want to say this this morning. If I don't have any here in the parking lot, but there may be some listening uh, on online right now. Mom. And I can imagine what to not have the support of a spouse to help you. Now, I know they've got family, but I can't imagine in the house with you. I'm sorry, it keeps... Mary had to share... Or she had... I don't know what this... Transmitter box. We'll try it. We'll see what happens. If it don't work, it's Hunter's fault. Um, it don't. Work, it's Hunter's fault. Sorry. Mary had to, had her share of difficulties to overcome, but she was also she she also had some very valuable and some very blessed resources in her life. And and I'll tell you this: having resources in your life is an absolute blessing. Having things at your fingertips that you can that you can go to that you can turn to. You think about it in, in this day and time that we're living in. The resources that we have. Uh, uh, I, I was thinking about it on the way up here. Our children right now, we don't have to worry about them going hungry. You look at what the school systems are doing. we got the resource. Even though they're not in school, we have a resource that we can turn to so that our children continue to get fed through uh, this school year. We have resources at our fingertips at all times right now to get whatever we might need, not what we want, but what we need. Mary had a slew of resources at her fingertips to turn to uh, in her times of need. Uh, Mary was definitely a mom who, who in my opinion, uh, drank many times from her saucer because her cup overflowed so much because she was so blessed to have all that she had in her life. Mary had a strong commitment to God's will. 
uh, and I believe that's why she continued to be blessed because she knew that she was right where God wanted her to be. I mean, think about she just birthed our Savior. You can't get no more in the center of God's will than that. She birthed our Savior. And so she stayed in, in God's will, and that's where she wanted to be her whole life. And moms I, and women out there, I want you to hear this. You got to be. You got to stay. Especially when you start having youngins. You got to stay in the God's will as you bring these kids up. I want you to look at verse 35 one more time. It said, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. That is God's will. God Mary. God stayed with Mary. I'm not going to say Mary was untouchable, but Mary, uh, if you think about it, uh, she, she couldn't be harmed. Even though the devil probably tried, she was right where she needed to be in God's will. In verse 38, Mary gave her answer back to God, and she did it through prayer. And she said, she said, uh, she was the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Jesus, Mary's own son, was that word. I mean, think about what she just said right here. She said, uh, she was the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. That would be her son. Mary knew the baby growing inside of her. She knew that this thing was God's only begotten son. She knew. I'm watching the camera because it may fall over. Hey, Keith. Just in case. I was afraid it was going to blow over. <laughs> I did. I just pulled it out. And... Okay. We'll give that a shot. All right, but she knew that that baby growing inside her was God's only begotten son. And she took it, <clears throat> she took that very seriously. Uh, she took it the way that she ought to, knowing that uh, she didn't know as much when he was born as she did uh, when he died, when he was crucified. But buddies, when he was resurrected, I believe she got it all. I believe she finally, finally got a hold of everything that she went through. Everything made perfect sense that she went through in her life. Um, Moms, when, when God places a child in your arms, his will for you is this. And I want you, I want y'all, and, and not just moms, but dads as well. Bring that child up in a home where he or she will know God. And where she will know and he or she will know God's word. That's God's will. He wants that child, every single child in this world, to be brought up in a home where they know God and they know God's word. And most of the time, it's the mom, not always, but it's the mom that does that. And you're probably sitting there thinking, you're probably right. And you can go to my home, and you can see it in my home. Believe it or not, Maria is the one that sits at night with the girls and does Bible study with them. I'm not always in there. I'm in my office studying and getting ready for devotion or a sermon or something. It's the moms that take the time to spend with their children to, to pray. And, and you know, as a mom, they probably pray a whole lot harder for their youngins than their, the dads do. But that's, that's, just, that's that love that they have for their children. 
is that they love them so much and they want to see them grow up and to flourish and, and to be uh, good, strong, godly uh, young men and young women. That's, that's a mom's heart. That's a mom's desire. So Mary had the wonderful blessing of a child who was obedient. Mom had the, or Mary had the, the wonderful blessing of having a child that was perfect. Now I think every mom and every dad listening thinks that their child is perfect. But we're not. We have faults. We have sin. Mary is the only person that can say that her child was perfect. He was obedient, though. You don't have to be perfect to be obedient. Ever. We're going to fall. We're going to, we're, going to, we're going to sin. We're going to do wrong. But we can still. We can still be obedient to our parents. And that's, uh, that's something that you learn a little bit later in life, I think. It's a shame that you don't learn it a little bit earlier in life. Uh, so kids, I'll tell you this this morning, uh, none of us are perfect. And the best thing we can do for our parents is to, to be loving and to be obedient. That's the best thing that we can do. But it's a commandment from God, and I'll read it to you. Ephesians 6, 1 tells us, it says, uh, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth I know we don't always do the right things we don't always say the right things we're not always the best person in the world and I know that we're not without sin and I think each one of us knows that uh, that we're sinners and the Bible tells us that we're sinners saved by grace that we need to strive though to be as perfect as possible and try to be as obedient as possible to our parents and to others um, and be as much like Jesus as possible now, we've talked a little bit about Joseph, and I'm going to look at him real fast one more time. He was another extremely valuable resource to Mary. Jesus was a valuable resource to Mary. Joseph is another valuable resource to Mary, and this is why. Joseph could have divorced her. Jesus, I'm sorry, Joseph could have divorced her. Joseph could have put her away. Joseph could have uh, got rid of her whenever he found out she was pregnant. He could have, but he didn't. He stuck with her. He stayed by her side through, through thick and through thin. He listened to the angel of the Lord, and he took his family, and he moved them to Egypt. He minded God when God led him away from, from danger and said, you got to go here to protect your wife and to protect your son. He didn't leave her high and dry with a child and being a single parent. He stayed with her. He stuck with her. Uh, he was caring and supportive in, uh, in Mary's life and just by what I just said is proof that he cared and that he was very supportive of her because he stuck with her he stayed with her uh, I'll read you this real quick I, I like this I, I like these Billy Graham quotes uh, but this is one of the stories that Billy Graham told one time it's about a husband who over the years he wasn't very attentive to his wife and said so listen to this little story right here it says one day uh, this man his name was was Harry he said one day Harry started feeling guilty about uh, the way he treated his wife over the years, so he decided to change. On his way home from work, he bought a box of candy and saw and, and bought some flowers to surprise his wife. Harry walks up to the front door of their house. He rings the doorbell. His wife opens the door, and there her husband stands with the candy in one hand, flowers in the other hand, and at the top of his lungs, he is singing to her. His wife immediately starts bawling and crying, the tears just rolling down her cheeks. She said, oh, Harry, everything went wrong today. 
we had a leak in the pipe under the sink. The children have been terrible. The house is a wreck. And now on top of it all, you come home drunk. That, that's a pretty good little story. That's a Billy Graham story. Husbands or adult sons, whatever might be listening today, listen to this. Take care of and support your moms. Support your grandmas. Support your mother-in-laws. Do the best that you can to take care of them. It's, it's biblical. We are to take care of them uh, the best that we can. And, and we, 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 if we still have them in our lives, we're blessed. And we just we need to take advantage of it and, and see them and talk to them as much as we can. Now, verse 39 through 45 tells us that Mary had, I'm going to call this a bonus resource. She had a, she had a cousin. She had Elizabeth in her life. Now, you ladies, listen to this for just a second. If you have women in your life, female friends in your life that you can turn to, like Mary had Elizabeth, you are blessed beyond beyond your wildest dreams. You are so blessed. Because that don't happen in a lot of places. Um, Mary needed Elizabeth. Mary needed somebody that she could turn to. And, and somebody that she could talk to, somebody that she could vent to, somebody that she could lean on, somebody that, that, would, that could love her and hold on to her and give her uh, spiritual advice when she needed it. She had one blessed resource. So ladies, if you have those in your life, hang on to them. I know mom's got three. That she's got high school. They went to high school together. Yep, got thumbs up. They went to high school together. And here it's like a hundred and some years later since I graduated high school. I don't know. It's 39 years, 39 years, 40 years, something like that. They're still close. They still go gallivanting around. They go to Pigeon Forge and, and do all this stuff together. They're still close. They still rely on each other. And they need each other. Ladies, find you some friends like that. Find you some close friends like that. And I'm not saying just friends. Find good godly friends like that people that you can go to, women that you can go to, and, and that will support you. Now, when you think of the mother of Jesus, you tend to think of how she was probably rewarded for her faithfulness. And I've always wondered about that. When Mary passed away, when Mary finally died, what did her rewards look like when she got to heaven for all that she went through? I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I've always wondered about it, though. Did, did she have a special place? Now, we're not Catholic, and we're not going to put this woman up on a pedestal by no means. But you know, you know that God blessed her richly for, for her efforts here on earth, for, for bearing his, his son. But think about that just for a second, what her rewards could have been. You know, she was, she was probably upset. I would have been. Just think, she stood there at the foot of the cross as her son was being crucified. She was there as they pierced his side. She was there as they drove them spikes in his hands. She was there as they placed that crown of thorns on his head. She was there. She's seen it. I cannot imagine what she felt, what she went through. And I've been there when I've seen uh, Abby getting some accidents, you know, where she's been hit by a ball or she's been dragged off a porch by a dog or, or things where she's been hurt. Paisley, not as much. She's not as accident prone as Abby is. But I know how it hurts my heart when you see a young and get hurt, but I cannot imagine standing at the foot of a cross and watching my only child, or not my only, but watching one of my children be crucified, being uh, mocked and ridiculed. That, that drives me up the wall right there, but then to see him go through what he went through would absolutely break my heart, and knowing that <laughs> this is the tough part, 
knowing that it's God's will being done, which this don't sound right, but that's exactly what was happening. God's will was being fulfilled. God's, God's promise was being fulfilled right there on the cross through her son. And that had to absolutely break her heart. But you got to remember this. She got to see that. She got to, to witness the crucifixion of her son. But she also got to witness the empty tomb. She also got to stand there and see a stone roll completely away and not one single body, not a bone, not a hair, not a piece of skin, not one thing laying on that slab inside that tomb. Nothing but death wrap, death clothes laying there. That's it. Because her son had gone home. Her son had been resurrected just like it was promised. Just like, she, I can't imagine the joy that came from her heart knowing that her son was okay. Knowing that her son was doing just fine. That her son had been resurrected and all that she had went through a few days ago didn't matter anymore. That he was still alive and he was doing well. Now Mary lived to see... Uh, see her other children, those sons, James, and some of the others, accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. What a blessing to be able to see, to see your children come to know Jesus. As a parent, that's one of the greatest things. It's one of the greatest things that you'll ever experience. Is to see your son or your daughter become so broken and realize that they need something more than a parent can offer. How they need Jesus and they accept him. Ain't nothing like it. Mary got to see that through her, through. Raising Jesus and then seeing her other children come to know him, not as a brother, but as a brother. Not just as my brother Jesus, but as my Savior Jesus. I can't imagine the joy that came from Mary's heart when she got to experience that. But when Mary passed from death to life, God rewarded her for all that she's done here. So this morning, when you think of your mom or your grandma, uh, and I want you to do that, think about them. Think about your parents. Think about your mom. Think about your grandmas. Think about them aunts that's in your life. What do you think of when you think of them? those women? Home. That's what we think about. When we think about them, we just automatically go back to home. If I'm at the house, and I tell Maria this all the time, if I'm at the house... Or if I'm driving, I say, I need to call home. I am really bad to this day. I will not call our home number. I still call mom and dad's number. If I say I'm going to call home, I always call 4208 every time. I will dial it and dial 4208 because that's what I think of. When I think of home, I think of my parents' house every single time. When you think of your mom or your grandma, think about that home. So, uh, when you get to adulthood and you remember the, the sounds and the smells, and that's what I like. I like thinking back on those those sounds, uh, like grandma, grandma's in the car with mom. That I like to think about her screen door creaking. I don't know why. If I hear a screen door, I always think about her home. Or the floors popping. I can go to the mass store and walk across the mass store floor and hear those floors popping, but I think of grandma's house. Or you, 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 you think about that, 
the smell coming from the oven when they're making biscuits or making gravy or frying bacon or sausage. You know, you smell those things and you don't go thinking about what's being made, but you, it takes you way back to when you're younger and, and you got to experience those things. Because there's, there's good memories tied to it. We've got to hang on to those good memories of those, those moms and those grandmas in our lives. Hang on to them and cherish them because a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people have grown up not knowing their mom or their grandma, and they, don't, they can't tie the smell of sausage back to love. I can, and sausage balls. Not just sausage, sausage balls. Or cornflake chicken. That, that's, that's my favorite. Or tater wedges. You know, you, don't, you tie it back to a, a food item, but I tie it a whole lot closer to love than anything else because of what was in our home. We all have those fond memories at home. So moms, this morning I hope you can say that you are still drinking from a saucer because your cup is overflowing. Let's pray. Father, this evening I just want to thank you for allowing us to come back and worship. God, I thank you for the moms in our lives, the grandmas in our lives, Lord, the, the aunts, Lord, those, those cousins that we've all had that have been, been so special to us and meant so much to us. And, uh, God, today I pray that you would honor and bless those uh, that have been a part of our lives. Lord, for those that are here that uh, their moms have gone on, God, I pray that uh, they can reflect back on the times that they've had with them, Lord, and uh, the love that just poured out of their, their mom's hearts for each one of them, how uh, they took care of them, and Lord, that how you took care of them. Father, today as, as we close out this service, I pray that you would continue to bless this great nation that we live in. Father, I pray that you would continue to be with our leaders as they, uh, as they continue to guide this country uh, the best that they can. Father, I pray that each one of them is turning to you for guidance. Lord, they're seeking uh, discernment uh, from your face, Lord, as they try to make decisions that affect not just one or two, but an entire nation. God, I pray for those that are in the front line, Lord, those in the hospitals, Lord, those down into uh, the CDC and, and, and our government as well as they try trying so hard right now to find a cure, find a, a vaccine for this thing. And I, I pray that you would shed a little light on them here soon, Lord, and allow them to, to come to uh, something that can be used to, to help stop this thing. God, we thank you for you've, you've been with us for the past couple months, Lord, and you've protected us, you've provided for us. Uh, Lord, we, we felt your presence, whether we've been at home or uh, at work or wherever we may have been, Lord. We know that you're there with us, and I pray, Lord, that we continue to feel that presence everywhere we go. Again, we thank you for this uh, day that you've given us here uh, at Chestnut Dale, and I pray, Lord, you continue uh, to bless our, our time as we're away from the church. But, Lord, I can't wait for you to get us back here, uh, hopefully really soon. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. I'll bless your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, that's it. We may, we may try this again. <laughs> I don't know. But I appreciate everybody coming out and being a part of it. And uh, we'll be back on here tomorrow morning uh, for devotion. And uh, we'll see y'all then. Thank you. Oh. James, there's flowers up here. <laughs> we need to get them out of the back of Conley's truck for all, all the ladies here, all the moms here. So don't leave here without getting one.
Okay.